And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're not nervous, you're not ready. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, March 16th. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling this morning with Mr. What You Need to Know Himself, Tess Mellis. What's up, Tess? Hey, everybody. Hey, big guy. We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen here is JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Apologies for starting a little later than normal here on a Tuesday. Shout out to the stream team, though. Still joining us live on YouTube. Please like, comment, and subscribe. That's all on me. My bad. Lots going on here in the house this morning. Driving people places, all worrying about the dog. It's okay, though. Everybody's all right. Um, but apologies for starting this up a little bit later than normal. Email us your questions and comments for tomorrow's Beach Steppin' Podcast. No dunks at theathletic.com. Best way to get them in, though you can leave them in the YouTube comments or tweet them in at No Dunks Inc. Uh, Maculate items always available for sale over at nodunks.com. And finally, if you're a top shot hot boy or girl, I fired up a live stream last <laughs> night, uh, ripping another Rising Stars pack. Got another banger and uh, uh, had some fun counting down my top 10 NBA top shot thumbnails, uh, which sounds silly. It is, but we had a blast putting that together. So that's up on YouTube. Go check that out last night. Uh, Tass, yeah, I didn't even know it at the time because I was I was doing everything. JD, man, I, 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 I always knew you were uh, making the magic happen. I say it every day, but man. You got a lot of a lot of balls in the air to sort of keep your eye on, <laughs> especially while trying to host the damn thing. Yeah, I know a lot of moving parts. Yes, it's uh, it's, uh, it's deceptively simple to do it, but when you have everything going at the same time, it's it's it can get overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I was going to say, Tass, you uh, I didn't even notice it at the time because again, I was a little worried about the uh, you know clicking cameras and putting up overlays and whatever. You were you were jumped in the YouTube, you jumped in the YouTube comments, I guess. The stream team comments, I should say. I definitely did. Yeah. I don't really know what's going on with this Top Shot situation, sure. um, but I enjoyed watching the top 10 thumbnails. Yeah. And everybody loves a good thumbnail. And then you opened a pack of cards. Can you say cards? Well, moments. Let's call moments. them moments. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. I always say cards. Yeah, but everybody is calling them virtual cards, too. So right. it's the same yeah. thing. Doesn't matter. I saw a huge James Wiseman dunk that yep. he got. That's yep. his best dunk of his young career. That's going to be worth something. Got two Halliburtons in the same pack. Curtains mm. Halliburton. Yeah, Lily. No Compasso, Lily. Sorry. Ah. But uh, there was a Jason Tatum, like, behind the back assist oh, that he's saving that, yeah. while he goes out of bounds. And I said, uh, you probably would make that a very solid player or something, even though it's way too sexy. But yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. the sexy players have infiltrated the uh, solid plays lately. So who knows? I know. So go check that out, guys. Uh, that's up on our YouTube uh, channel. No dunks. Okay. So... We're going to talk about some trade deadline trades that we want to see happen. You know, we're going to make our case for a couple guys, our dream trades, I guess, with this being like nine days away. But we'll start with some action from last night, play a little true or false fun. And the first one, good game, fun game between uh, the Nets and the Knicks. But Nick star Julius Randle, he had to be held back by his teammates uh, from confronting Scott Foster after the, uh, after the vet referee called a travel on him in the final seconds of New York's 117-112 road loss to the Nets. Here it is for everybody joining us on YouTube. Randall, chance to tie it, closing seconds. He rose up to take a three, but Kyrie managed to hit the ball on the way up, which caused Randall to sort of fail to get the shot off. And when he tried to dribble the ball as he sort of came to the ground, he was called for a travel by Foster with, again, three seconds to go. And that was game. He was pissed. So the true or false question, Lee, Julius Randall has a right to be frustrated or pissed off with that uh, that call from Foster. What do you think? Well, it's true. He has a re- uh, right to be frustrated, but the call was the correct call by Scott Foster. Scott Foster takes a lot of heat, but I think he got this one right because for me, 
Kyrie clearly touches the ball, uh-huh. but that's great defense because all he does is upset the momentum that Julius Randle has. He doesn't dislodge the ball. Julius Randle still is in possession and still is in control of the ball. Right. Enough so that he understands he's got to kind of dribble it and try to get himself out of that situation rather than just throw up a, a shot that likely would have gone off. But to me, there is no way that is a jump ball. That is clearly a violation by Julius Randle. You can't go up and then come back down and dribble the ball like that. Just because a guy touches it, that doesn't mean that you lose possession. If he if he sort of bobbled it around... I was going to say, should Randall have actually just let the ball go yes. once Kyrie makes the contact? Then it hits the ground, he can pick it up, and, and yeah. we're fair game. Yes, it, uh, Exactly, because if you, if you just by touching the ball doesn't automatically trigger... It shouldn't automatically trigger a jump ball. If no. there is two people... Because we saw three jump balls at the end of that game. An incredible finish, actually, that the Knicks were oh. even close to this game. It was fantastic defense. And we saw those ones, even one overturned, because they originally called a foul on, uh, I can't remember who that was now, but um, Reggie Bullock, I believe. Anyway, those, to me, when there's two people who neither of them have clear possession, that is a jump ball. But when Kyrie Irving just basically just, it's almost like a deflection on a shot in that sense, that he just gets his hand on the ball enough that Julius Randle can't get up into that that shot that he likes. And I think Julius Randle knows that as well. And that's why he tries to dribble his way out of it mm-hmm. and tries to say to the referee, hey, look, yeah, look, the guy got it. But he doesn't bobble the ball. Yeah, so, But he, but he does that, lose possession. He doesn't lose possession at all. He's got possession of the ball the whole time. He's clearly in possession enough to put that ball down and start dribbling. He's too strong yeah. is his problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if he, he would have lost possession if the ball bobbles out of his hand yeah. And it sort of and it shuffles around. It doesn't do that. Kyrie yeah. just kind of basically puts his hand on it, and that, that just sort of makes it so that Julius Randle like doesn't get that clean look away. But that was the right call. The Knicks they can complain all they want about that one, but Scott Foster got that call right for me. Tess? I think I think it's a bit of a, a tuck rule, like the NFL, the old tuck rule. Like yeah, technically I guess it's the right call, but he did lose it a little bit. And so Scott Foster makes the judgment call there on the spot from behind Julius Randle, which <laughs> I think is is totally incorrect. Yeah, he he doesn't see that Randle kind of bobbles it and loses it for a sec. He, he, this is a tuck rule because even Damian Lillard took to Twitter, who's watching it just like we are, having the best angles and saying, how can Scott Foster whistle that for a travel? I mean, the ball got hit from his hand. And he put it down on the floor. So we're all, we're all, even the best players in the world are wondering, how is that, how is that called? It, it because of this technical rule, but but at it the didn't same get time, hit from his hands. Yeah, exactly. That's he the did, problem. It didn't come it out of his hands. He got well, it, it got hit, but it did not come out of his hands at all. His hands, his hands it, it don't moved. leave the ball. It, yeah, but it, the it ball moved. moved. It moves. Yeah, Where it, does it, it fall out of his hands, though? Yeah, Nowhere. It doesn't. Until he tries to like no. save it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this isn't even the best angle, I would say. Like right, it does right. he does he does lose it a touch. You see it moves from where it was coming from or from where he was rising up and then it moves. But anyways, I, I think you know, Scott Foster doesn't it doesn't even backtrack after the game saying that this was the correct call. I, I think you gotta it's a judgment thing to me, and the judgment was wrong. You don't go by the book. To me, you go by the feel. I mean, you can't. Like, was the tuck rule the right rule, the right call? No. Um, but Julius Randle, uh, you know, he missed the shot anyways when he came down after. So it doesn't really matter. He got whistled. He threw it up. And, uh, and they lost this game. It, it's, it's a tough call, but I don't know how you make it from behind. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, well, that's, I don't, okay, maybe that is a fair criticism. Um, this game, by the way, took about, what, 30 oh minutes to play the final yeah. couple? Yeah. It was long. It got crazy. But the Knicks, was this like a, you know, was this a moral victory, Lili? Honestly, in coming back against a, a team <laughs> many have favored to go to the finals, maybe win the title. Uh, of course, no, no Durant still, but the Knicks made it a game, uh, made it interesting, and, and obviously had a chance. Yeah, well, I guess if you want to call it a moral victory, because it certainly had blowout written all over it towards oh, yeah. the end of the third quarter there. Uh, and then the Knicks really did fight back. And again, they did it with their defense by not fouling guys uh, unnecessarily in those last couple of minutes. And really in that last minute, they put real pressure on the Nets and then were able to convert on other plays to make this uh, a situation where they, where they had a chance to at least tie the game and potentially extend it. So maybe the Nets took their foot off the gas a little bit. I don't really think that was the case. I think the Knicks just played hard. There was a, It was a 
good sort of Battle of New York there. There was a few people in the crowd. Kyrie was incredible. The standard of this game was actually pretty high. It felt like uh, like uh, there was a lot of really good big shot making happening out there. Mm-hmm. And then the Knicks showed some metal down the stretch. You know, they didn't they didn't fold. They didn't get blown out. Instead, uh, they fought really well. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Tibbs, Tibbs doesn't care about the moral side of things, of course. But uh, <laughs> more importantly, I think just the fact that New York is no longer the team that once they get down, you know, just just falls apart completely. They showed a bit of fight in this one. So it, it was a very enjoyable second half of this game. Yeah, I asked the moral victory question there because I felt like I saw a lot of Knicks fans on Twitter last night sort of... Uh saying the same task. So it was like, you know, wow, they showed some fight. They, they made a game of it. Uh, some bang-bang calls at the end there, and uh, maybe they even pulled this out somehow. That's good for a Knicks team that usually does, can or has before, of course, just rolled over and died. And, they're, you know, they got back in this one with some obviously some talented play and some good defense. Yeah, mark it up in the moral victory column. I awesome. think so. I think it's good. It's, to me, it's... Uh, it, was a first half there where they couldn't keep up with the Nets, really. Even the Nets, the Nets defense was good enough uh, to pull away from the New York Knicks. And that's the worrisome part is that, yeah, they're missing, uh, you know, they're missing Derrick Rose in this one. Uh, Alfred Payton also out. So maybe their offense was struggling a little bit, but they have a lot of games left here in the regular season. And uh, every team knows that the New York Knicks are going to work their asses off against them now. So Mm -hmm. they've got to be able to score. And the Brooklyn Nets were able to put out James Harden and a bunch of guys around him when Kyrie went to the bench and Nick Claxton and Tyler Johnson and Bruce Brown. And it was offensively good enough because James Harden was setting everybody up. And then defensively, it was even better You know, after after sitting Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan. And so this Nets team just got it's got so many options. And I worry about this, uh, this Knicks team winning enough games. I mean, maybe they, they could still make it into um, – whether it's the playoffs or the play play in tournament, uh, but they're even even where they are in the standings, they could easily just fall out if their right. offense isn't isn't good enough. They're sitting seventh in the East right now, but they're also you know two and a half from falling out. So it's fine, it's fine for now. But they've they've got to find a way to uh, to score a little bit. I'm surprised Austin Rivers isn't out there chucking away, but he's out of the rotation right now. So uh, I don't know moral victories with Tibbs teams. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they're a 500 team, and that's probably going to be good enough, so they just got to yeah. keep winning a few games. That's right. I wouldn't be upset with the uh, a 1-8, 2-7 matchup between oh, these yeah. two teams, too. It'd be, you know, there's some fireworks already yeah. there, and there's obviously, uh, you know, it, it would be great just for the Knicks to get in there. Of course, the Nets uh, have bigger plans, but yeah, sure. It's a possibility, too. We could see it. Okay, let's keep it going here, though. Hornets overcame a 15-point deficit in the second half to beat the Kings last night, 122-116. They trailed almost the entire game, the Hornets did, but got the victory. Terry Rozier, clutch shots again, 26 points. Gordon Hayward's hair added 25, <laughs> and a dunk on De'Aaron Fox. Tass was talking about that on What You Need to Know this morning. Eric Collins going bonkers. He's loving it. So the win improved the Hornets to 20-18. and 18. They're tied for fifth in the Eastern Conference, I believe, with the Celtics. My question, the true or false task to you, should the Hornets be everyone's second favorite team? True or false? Yeah, I think so. Okay. They, they, they are a blast to watch. I, I know it was traumatizing for Gordon Hayward's hairdresser to see his hair out of place for a brief <laughs> moment after he threw down that monstrous dunk uh, on De'Aaron Fox. I mean, De'Aaron Fox kind of just got in the way, mm-hmm. but it was it was a nice two-hander. Yeah. It looked like like old Gordon Hayward going up for the jam, jam, jam. It's nice. Hey, it's nice. Yeah. There was some body contact Fox there. challenges, for sure. Yeah, and, and Hayward's hair flutters just a little <laughs> bit, uh, which you never see. I've never seen in his, in his career. It looks like a fresh cut. Don't know if it's a new hairdresser from the one that he got had back in, in Utah. I, I hope that he takes them everywhere he goes. But anyway, Gordon <laughs> Hayward, he's their, you know, he is their, sort of their linchpin, their go-to guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many players around him that are making – life very easy for him uh, in LaMelo ball and he finds Miles Bridges on the break and there's there's just so many good offensive players on this team and they share it they've been sharing it since the preseason and what also makes them a great you know league pass type team team that you want to watch is that they give up enough points too so it, it's fun on both sides of the floor uh, they share it and yeah everybody should jump in right now even uh, Devonte Graham was hot uh, and he took Lamelo Ball's place in the fourth quarter uh, in the lineup because mm-hmm. he w- he was uh, hitting his shots, and that's an interesting one to me. They they're interesting and they're fun to watch 
because they're so deep. Even their second unit comes on, and they're great. Malik Monk can get hot. He's going to be a six-man-of-the-year candidate one day, I think. But I wonder, nine days from the trade deadline, what they're going to do. Do they want to pay Devontae Graham uh, in the offseason as a restricted free agent? Maybe not, so maybe they trade him away. But he is uh, he's a solid piece. I think he could be a six-man-of-the-year candidate one day. So that's, uh, that's my worry if, if they do start disassembling this team a little bit. But right now, they're a blast. They're a blast, I think, top top to bottom. And, and they could easily uh, be a playoff team led by, by Gordon. Yeah, they're a fun watch. I mean, they're, they're helped out with their broadcast crew, as we talked oh, about. Yeah. Collins going, <laughs> uh, going nuts and, and uh, Del Curry there. But Terry Rozier, too, Lee. I feel like this guy has hit... It feels like five times this season has had like big shots in big moments in for the in Hornets victories. Am I crazy? Like, no, it's happened at least three or four times. I can't believe he hasn't had like a 50 point game so far because he seems to hit all his shots in the first quarter and then the fourth quarter. He comes out on fire. You know, I think he hit another two threes to start the game last night. He hit some big ones late. And uh, he is like a Tim Hardaway Jr. for you. Like, I'm like, this guy's definitely getting 50 at some point. Yeah, he's averaging Fic- 20 points per game. Yeah, right and, now. And, yeah. And, he, and, he, and he plays his role so well there because when he gets hot and when he gets confident, he goes to his, uh, his moves and he, and he knocks them down. There was also a controversy in this game too late when the Hornets clearly backpassed. And now <laughs> that rule as well, though, that one is so unclear because you're allowed to do that sometimes. But in this case... They threw it in. They shouldn't have been able to go back over over the uh, halfway line, and they did. And the referees didn't call that. They mm. thought it was uh, there was a deflection, but there clearly wasn't. But uh, yeah, they, I, I wonder if we're going to start seeing ESPN and TNT flexing to get a couple of games on national broadcast because mm. they are not just they are not just like a, a good story right now. They're playing really well. They're fun to watch. They've got exciting players in Lamelo Ball. Of course, he's leading the way there. But all these other guys, PJ Washington, uh, you know Terry Rozier, as we mentioned, they're they're all exciting guys to watch, and they're winning. They're going to hopefully make the playoffs here. So you might start to. See see a little bit more of that but uh eric reed uh er, excuse me eric collins last night uh called De'Aaron fox quicker than a hiccup at one point which was great <laughs> so good uh and De'Aaron fox i mean the, the kings oh man how they lost this one you know they they were in control of this game but just couldn't close it out and i think again that's just a problem that the kings have is you know they've had leads in games and uh when it comes to crunch time they sort of just don't know what to do so really fun win Watching the Hornets again, uh, the Gordon Hayward two-handed, two-footed jump for that dunk. <laughs> uh, that was uh, unbelievable. I think it caught Fox by surprise. Yeah, being I, think honest. I think he thought he was going to lay it in. And he's yeah. like, oh, maybe I can time this off the backboard. Yeah, yeah. And he dunked it. But uh, that that was key there. So uh, yeah, the, the Hornets have been fun all season long. And yep. and Del, Del Curry and uh, and Eric Collins there, like, because Eric is just so over the top, so hyped up, and Dell's just the straight man the whole yep. time. It's perfect. And, uh, you uh, can't have them both going nah, crazy. You need nah, that. No, no, no. So, uh, but they're both. You know, cheering on their team as well. Mm-hmm. Like when, when uh, you know, whoever it was, uh, Buddy Heald, I think, hit a couple of threes. And you just hear like, oh, man. You know, they're just... Yeah, they're living and dying with this <laughs> squad right are, now. They are. So, uh, yeah, great stuff from the Hornets. Uh, yeah, and uh, related news from this game. I mean, poor Kings, you know, it just gets worse and worse. Forward Marvin Bagley III suffered a fractured left hand task. So, you know... This guy, he can't stay on the floor. I'm laughing, but I'm crying inside as a somewhat of a Kings fan. But the season from hell just gets worse again and again. They, they, can't, they can't catch a break, or they catch breaks. It's just in guys' hands, unfortunately. Yeah, I think this is the lowest point of their season. Yep. Because they had this game. They're up 15 in the third quarter. And uh, like figuratively, uh, this may not be the lowest point. Maybe it was earlier they felt worse, but like literally... When Darren Fox, at the end of this game, is trying to win it, they're, they're trying to hold on to this 15-point lead. And Darren Fox, a very talented star player in this league, goes up and blocks himself on the rim. I mean, how does that happen? Oh, wow, that how, was how can I, think, that I guess happen? he was scared. He was scared of Biombo there, right? He was trailing yeah. him. I know, no, for sure. For sure, for sure. But it's just so weird to, to see a guy like just, you know hitch himself on the rim on a layup attempt. I mean, that just doesn't happen. And so to me, just watching that, I just felt, yeah, terrible for this team. And then on the other side, the Hornets just running it down their throat. It's just, it feels like this, this can't get worse for the Sacramento Kings. It can't. It just, it, so I think Luke Walton's going to have to pay the price for the way things are going. They need, they need some other leadership in the locker room. Yeah, we'll see what they do here at the trade deadline, too. Obviously, a lot of their guys are coming up in uh, potential trades. Harrison Barnes, uh, Bielitsa, um, maybe Buddy Heald, 
Rashawn Holmes, who had a nice game, obviously, for the King last night. I'm maybe even forgetting a couple names that are even in the mix. You know, outside of Fox and Halliburton, it feels like anybody can be had, right? Mm. Uh, sort of, to some extent, from that roster. So we'll see. All right, next one here. The Freak. Let's talk about the Freak. Giannis, 31 points, 15 boards, 10 assists. Third consecutive triple-double, second consecutive woe boy uh, last night to lead the Bucks past the Wizards, 133-122. Uh, that's the Bucks' fourth straight win. Giannis became the third player this season with a trip dub in three games in a row, joining Westbrook, who's done it twice, and Jimmy Butler. Sort of wild. But here's the question, and I'll, I'll get us started here, but I got a couple hypothetical questions for you guys. The true or false is, is for everybody in the stream team and everybody listening later, as crazy as it sounds, there is an opening for Giannis to win a third consecutive MVP. Now, you all know my take on this. I'm adamant saying this is impossible. I just like, at the start of the season, unless the Bucks didn't lose a game, I just don't see it happening. And yeah, narrative reasons alone. He's come up short in the playoffs. That's going to carry on. I know it's just the regular season. You should just be looking at the numbers and the team performance. I get all that. Because Giannis is putting up nearly identical numbers to these like last two MVP campaigns. 29 points per game, nearly 12 boards, career high 6.2 dimes, and then the defense is there. Basically one and a half blocks and steals, very close, shooting nearly 60% effective field goal rate. Again, similar, similar numbers. Now, the Bucks are not as hot as they had been in those previous two years, but here they come. I mean, is it, is it out of possibility, Lee, that the Bucks finished the year with the best record in the league? I don't think that's that crazy. And then the question is, if that happens, can Giannis do this? Especially with Embiid being out for a bit, LeBron tailing off. Of course, there's Jokic. You know, Lillard and the Blazers aren't winning him as many games maybe as some have thought. Could Giannis actually do this? Because at, at the beginning of the season, I was like, there's no way. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. And I still do believe that. But I don't know what this guy is, the, the, the tear this guy is going on right now. If the Bucks had the number one seed, will people vote for him? I, I mean, he should be in the conversation for sure. It just feels like because we came in, all of us, with this sort of uh, narrative that like, you haven't done it in the playoffs, so we're not giving you a third MVP until we see you really step up there. Now, that's wrong. We shouldn't take in a predetermined result like that. But I think everyone did. Everyone just was almost like, it's almost like if you ask me, Steve Nash, the third season after winning two MVPs, I thought was actually better than any of those two seasons. But he didn't right. win it. Right. And I think largely for that same reason. It was like, we're not giving Stash, Steve Nash three in a row when he hasn't got a championship sort of to solidify that. Again, those things shouldn't play into it, but they do. And I think that's a thing for Giannis. The Bucks started off slowly as well. He's just started getting it together. And this is actually a good thing for Milwaukee. They're flying a little bit under the radar right yeah. now because Philadelphia has all the headlines. Brooklyn has all the headlines in the Eastern Conference. And Milwaukee is just kind of sitting there playing some really good basketball. And Giannis, you could easily argue he's playing better than he played in those other two seasons. Yeah, I know. You know, so so it's there. But it's just like, nah, we, you, you're not getting it. So, so it doesn't really matter what you do. But I wonder with, what the conversation would be like if the Bucks had, let's say, made the finals last year. Yeah, yeah. Like, would I mean, we just be like, oh, Giannis might win three in a row and everyone yeah. would be completely fine with it. Like, oh. it, it really is that, you know, the, the coming up short in the playoffs that is holding him back from even having a chance at this, it feels like. It, it is for sure. And, uh, you know, with the way that the Sixers and Embiid has played, that has taken a lot of the attention, you know. And so yeah. now with James Harden in, in Brooklyn, James Harden has got himself into the MVP conversation, something we thought that couldn't happen when he powdered his way out of Houston, but he's done that. Mm -hmm. So right now for Milwaukee, you know, this is, this is actually good because they weren't looking great there for a while. They've rattled off four in a row, nine of their last 10. They're playing great. And Giannis is at that level. But they all, I, I, if you're Milwaukee, like, you maybe even don't want that conversation because it's just <laughs> going to bring back more pressure maybe you don't you just want to get to the playoffs and then succeed but remember they lost they basically got swept in the second round last season to the Miami Heat that that is a big knock on Giannis you know because he's be, he should have been better than he was to take that team so now it's almost like okay the pressure is off in some ways because those expectations aren't quite high and he's performing so uh yeah he if he keeps it up especially if Embiid and the, with Embiid out if the Sixers drop off a little bit then the Bucks can get themselves into that second spot. I think they're only a game back of uh, Brooklyn right now. So they could find themselves back in that top spot, yeah. uh, you know, very, very soon. So, yeah, Giannis should be in that conversation. I'm, I'm going to open the restaurant and say, Giannis, come on in, man. Yeah, oh, come wow. on. Oh, wow, you're inviting yeah. him to the table. Ta yeah, Taz, yeah. what do you think? Like, especially if the Bucks continued to roll. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> if the Bucks rolled and did have the number one seed, would Giannis warrant a ton of MVP votes? Or would be no He's not way. winning it. He's no. not winning it. The team is not what they were last year. 
even if they get the number one seed, they're still a worse team than they were last year. They were winning 76% of their games last year. They've dropped off this year. Their defense that was number one in the league the last two years is now number 10. And okay, so, well, he's so, not winning Defensive Player of the Year again this year. No one's saying that. No, but but, his, but he has to, you know, take a little bit of the heat for them falling off. And even their win total, again, like, yeah, they're, they're a game and a half back of, of uh, Brooklyn, and they're two games back of Philly. But even if they get to the top, they're still a worse team than they were last year. And the year before that, it's just kind of the parody. So, yeah, they'll be at the top, but at the same time, uh, they he has to write a bit of a story for himself, mm. a bit of a narrative for himself, and and that's not a good narrative when you're losing more games than you've lost the last couple of years when you're MVP. It's just they they're not going to get to that same number. They're not going to get close to a, you know a 60 win type team. And work the percentages here because it's a, a 72 win a 72 game season. But now nah, I, I don't think he's going to get it. Uh, and and not even just because of uh, the narrative part of it. Uh, it it's it's going to be really close. Um, but there's there's going to be better teams out there, and, mm. even even in the Western Conference. That's that's the way she roll. Well, that's a fun question for everybody in the stream team, everybody listening to the podcast. Is Giannis in the conversation? I think most people maybe have him at the table, but does he have any chance to actually win this thing because of what happened in the uh, two prior playoffs? Uh, or or could you see it? Uh, is there an opening? Is there a little sliver there that he could? Uh, slip into that crack and maybe get his third straight. Not many people have won three straight, right, Lili? I mean, I don't have it in front of me. Larry. Larry, Larry did, because MJ he's... never even did, right? No, yeah. no, no. Magic won three out of four. Yeah. But, uh... Wow. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Okay, one more question with Giannis. I know it's very difficult, but, like, if we are saying he can't win this one, like, there's just no chance, I do agree with that. How many MVPs could Giannis, though, end with? Because, again, like, again, if the Bucks went, they got over the hump in the playoffs, they go to the finals, whatever. Like, win it. I mean, I don't know. Like, you could see him, like, being the front runner next season, right? Or the year after that. Like, I mean, how many potential MVPs does he have in his bag there, Lee? Like, if you were to take a guess, like, what would you set the over-under at that he yeah, ends, yeah. ends his career with? Yeah. Well, I, set, 20... I think you set it at four and a half, the line. Yeah, he's 26 years old as well. So he's got so many years ahead of him where he can just go out there and put up 30... 13 rebounds, you know, oh, yeah. five or six assists, steal, block. He can do it all. So, um, yeah, I, I, what did you say? Four and a four half? And a half. I, I, Does he finish with five MVPs over his career yeah, or less? I, I, I mean, yeah, yeah uh, I'll, I'll say less because it just feels like yeah. that's a lot. Um, and voter fatigue is no question a factor as well at some point. So, uh, you know, he's, he's getting that now. He's feeling that now. So I, I would say four is where he's going to end up with. Um, but, you know, things just change so quickly sure, as well. You sure. just don't know who's going to come along and be the glory boy there for a couple of years. And, you know, someone like Zion is going to be... Uh, he he could just put up a couple of massive years as well. And then he becomes the flavor of the month. But if Giannis can win the championship in the next season or two, then I think he can maybe, uh, you know, load up on MVPs as well. Because yeah. it, it's that validation. It's like, yeah, you yeah. are an MVP. You are the best player on the team because you eventually got there. You just... Maybe we're a little premature with those because uh, you weren't able to convert them into playoff success. Again, it's a silly way of looking at it, but I think that's uh, that's how people view it. For sure. All right, final one here. Uh, a lot of the later games last night, snooze fests, Tass. Suns bounce back to spank the Grizzlies by 23 points. Bounce back after a loss, the, the Suns did. Nuggets crushed uh, the Pacers 121-106. And in the ESPN nightcap, LeBron's Lakers defeated the Warriors by 31, if I'm doing my math correctly there. Yeah. True or false? The most impressive blowout of those three, or maybe some other ones you want to throw in the mix, was the Lakers over the Dubs. True or false, Tess? Mm. Yeah. Uh, no, Golden State is the, the most 500 team in the history of the NBA. <laughs> oh, they really? really are. I mean, they're, they're, their point differential, I think it was, uh, like, their, how many points they scored and how many points they've allowed was, like, even for a long time. Uh, so them sitting at 20 and 20, uh, and them dropping a game after being up one game above 500, it's just inevitable with the Golden State Warriors. It's its law in the NBA. So, yeah, they, they lost the game. So I, I wouldn't say the Lakers' win was too impressive. Okay. Uh, I, you know, there's there's some a lot of blowout wins out there. But I, I think uh, watching uh, the Suns kick ass uh, was was awesome because Devin Booker – uh, he just he doesn't like Dylan Brooks. There's something going on there uh, when they step on the floor. It's awesome. It's awesome to watch. Uh, he really 
despises him, but Dylan Brooks giving it back to him in the first quarter. They were going head-to-head. Uh, and then they came out in the, in the second half, and the Suns put away the Grizzlies. It's, they're just a good team. They hate mm-hmm. losing. Uh, they came back after or losing uh, their previous game Saturday night, and uh, they put this Grizzlies team away. That That is also a very good basketball team. So the Suns are all business. Devin Booker has taken a lot of names over the years uh, after losing so many times, and now he's paying back the league with – with buckets, it's it's a blast to watch that dude work because uh, he's you know he's just got all that that huge bag of skills and so it's uh, it's a pleasure when he hates somebody when he wants to put on a show he did that he only had twenty seven because he didn't have to play the fourth quarter uh, but to me that game was uh, was cool because those guys didn't like each other even the Suns broadcasters right out the gate mm-hmm. just said I mean Devin Booker and Dylan Brooks they got something on the court they might be friends off it um, but. Not even close to friends on it. It was cool to watch. And Dylan Brooks, uh, you know, good Canadian boy. You know I love my Canadians, but uh, he's got a punchable face. (laughs) He's got a punchable goatee, I think, is maybe what it is. Oh, Oh, wow. Wow, he just got punched himself there by Dylan Brooks. Wow. Punched right out of here. (laughs) See a J.E. Yeah, I I mean, I I know what he's saying, though. Like, he... uh, There he is. Yeah, uh, Dylan Dylan Brooks Brooks has a punchable... I I know, he must be running the stream yard account. (laughs) booted me as soon as I said that. What the hell happened there? Yeah. What I miss, Lee? What were you saying? No, we, we, we were just saying though. I think I think you're right. I know what you mean. He's one of those guys that's just sort of like he's a good player. He's a good player at both ends. Uh, you know, plays defense. But um, yeah, he's sort of I don't know. It, it's um, he's not sort of a guy you cheer for. I don't know. It just feels a bit. Uh, <laughs> it feels a bit strange. But um, yeah, you've uh, yeah, that's the first time you've probably turned on one of your Canadian bros. No, isn't it's it? no look. I've got a punchable <laughs> face. I'm Canadian. Um, he does. He does. And he he definitely is like. He just irks people. You could see why a yeah. guy like Booker. Like we talked about, he did a great job on Beal the last couple of games the, the, yeah, that the Grizzlies right. yeah. played against him. He, he's not afraid to get into a guy and like get up on him. And uh, that can be annoying. You know, Devin Booker doesn't want to double team in practice during the summer. I get it. You know, what are we doing here? Let me get my buckets. But yeah, uh, top five most punchable faces <laughs> wow. in the NBA. Wow, wow nice hey, pull. Hey. That's actually yeah. a good photo of him, I would say, yeah. too. <laughs> he really committed to the goatee. You got to give yeah. him that. He still rocks it. Uh, so yeah, that, is that your is that your pick there from all those blowouts, Lee? Like Tass is saying, you think that was maybe the most impressive? Of well, the you know, last night in our pick'em game, we had the Lakers and the Warriors, and the line was two and a half, and it actually moved, I noticed, to one and a half just before the game. And I thought, oh, I wonder if someone's not playing out there, like not LeBron, but maybe a Kuzma or a Schroeder or a KCP. But no, that wasn't the case. I don't know why it moved, but I thought, yeah, I think the Warriors are in a good spot tonight. But LeBron just, it was old school LeBron. He had 22 points on 13 shots, triple-double, plus 33 on the game. And it was, you said how how LeBron was kind of like he's moving into fourth gear or whatever gear he's up to at this stage of the season, who knows. And that's what it seemed like last night. I watched this one this morning. I was like, God, he, this was like LeBron when he used to play on some of those Cavs teams with a lot of no-name guys and just destroy opponents because he was so good. But they were going up against Draymond Green, of course, you know, Steph. Like, this is a, a rivalry here. And the Warriors just coming off a, a very impressive victory against the Utah Jazz. You thought, you know, this is a sort of a, a momentum game here for the Warriors. Maybe they're feeling good about themselves. But instead, LeBron just absolutely shellacked this team. And uh, it was so super impressive. And you know that he's still got that if he needs to. He just occasionally... He's locked he, in, man. Yeah, he just flashes it every now and again. He's like, hey, I'm still good. You know, because there's no Marcus Gasol, obviously. Uh, obviously, Anthony Davis is still out there. And Alex Caruso wasn't there. I mean, he's only a part of their rotation, their bench. But, you know, this was the sort of game where I, I, I looked. I thought, yeah, I think the Warriors are probably... They can almost win this one tonight. If not, uh, mm-hmm. you know, win it with because of the way they've been playing. But not the case at all. Yeah, I got the stream team going nuts just talking about NBA players with punchable faces now. Mm. (laughs) Yes, uh, I would agree with Greg here. Number one on my list, Grayson Allen. Right up there, looking like Ted Cruz. Wouldn't you just love to punch him right in the the kisser? Uh, But anyway, you guys are having some fun doing that stuff. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little trade deadline. Dream trades. Uh, I sort of teased, I guess on yesterday's show. We'll be talking, obviously, a lot of, a lot of trade deadline stuff in the next week and a half here as we uh, look ahead to the deadline next week, later in the week. So I thought it'd be fun here today if each of us sort of presented uh, a player that you would particularly like to see traded to a team. Maybe you're, maybe you're coming with the trade machine fired up. I don't know. But you got something in the works. You've dreamed it up. And you'd like to see this actual trade happen again within this uh, next like nine-day window. So, Tass, why don't you get us started? Who are you going with? I'm going with the Hawks' John Collins because I think he is definitely a good possibility for the biggest name to be moved. It just feels okay. inevitable that he's going to be moved. And it's weird because John Collins is exactly what the Atlanta Hawks need. They need a power forward of the future, and they're kind of locked in to their other four starting spots. With Trey Young at point, Bogdan Bogdanovich, they just got DeAndre Hunter. They love at the small forward position and Clint Capella at the five. Mm-hmm. They need a four. <clears throat> so why trade John Collins? Well, he rejected their four-year, 90-plus million dollar offer extension before the season. He's a restricted free agent this offseason, so it just makes sense that they're going to deal the guy. And um, the team that trades for him is basically saying, we're signing this guy long-term. Right. Uh, Probably, that, that's, yeah. that's what it feels like, unless uh, the Hawks aren't able to garner a huge package for him, which I, I think will be the case. Like there's they, they can't get a lot back because John Collins only makes four million bucks. And so, you know, unless it's a three team deal or, or, or that kind of thing. But in terms of dollar for dollar, you're not getting a guy who's getting paid huge amounts of money back uh, in exchange for John Collins. So. These aren't my dream trades. These these trades that that you get uh, you get in the trade machine and, and you get John Collins on one side. You're looking for players on the other. Is not these aren't sexy trades oh, by okay. any means. Uh, so I don't dream of this John Collins trade. But I think <laughs> these are two two possible trades that could happen. Again, Collins only makes four million bucks, so you're not trading yeah. you're not trading much for him in, in most circumstances. So. Let's go to the Golden State Warriors. Oh, uh, wow, okay. Yeah, so the Warriors Warriors would love this trade. The Hawks probably don't make this trade. But the Warriors would love having John Collins uh, to go along with Draymond Green and Wiggy and Oubre and Steph. If they could trade Eric Paschal, who's you know, a power forward, that's what the, what, what the Hawks need. Mm-hmm. Alan Smilagic, who's a prospect. He's 20 years old. He's a foreign-born player. Maybe he turns into Pokashevsky or Giannis. Okay, let's not go crazy. And Kent Bazemore to make the money work. And maybe a pick. It's not, that, that trade's not sexy. Let's get that out of there. The, okay. Warriors, the Hawks probably wouldn't take that. But again, I don't think the Hawks are going to get much back for John Collins. So the Detroit Pistons is probably a better option. You've got some prospects there. It could be Sekou Dumbuya plus a really good first-round pick, which is the Pistons pick, and they're very bad. Uh, wow. For, for John Collins. The Hawks Collins. might be interested in that if they think yeah. Collins is leaving. Oh, my yeah. God. That's I not think, that bad. A pick yeah. in him? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what, what, what peak John Collins' trade value is going to be. A pick and, yeah, whether it's Sekou or Sadiq Bey also works. Uh, one of those two guys plus a, a pretty good pick. I mean, that's Max Collins. And, and the weird with, thing is with Collins. The, with the wink-wink from the other team signing John Collins right. for the long term. Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. the Pistons, yeah, in this scenario, the Pistons would be one team that's willing to put Collins' contract or Collins' name on the dotted line for mm-hmm. a long-term deal. They start, you know, they've, they've done this Mason Plumlee thing where they're getting all the old guys in there. I think it's turn, time to turn to a, a big-name player. Now, they've made that mistake in the past, tried to sign big-name players that that shoots them in the foot. But uh, this one, I think, is a good good for both sides. Uh, the Pistons... You know, could could get John Collins signed for long term. Uh, although, you know, you know his value is definitely uh, debatable. What he is, he was twenty and ten last year. He thinks he's a max guy, and so the Hawks aren't going to pay him. So they need to trade something for him. So I don't think they have a ton of leverage. But yeah, I think that that would work. What do you think about that, Lee? The Collins and the Hawks moving apart here. 
Yeah, it's uh, if you're the Pistons, yeah, I think you would uh, like to have John Collins there. Would he sign a because uh, he's a restricted free agent, of course, uh, when he goes there. So, what is his value? I mean, he, he's going to get paid. He's going to someone's going to pay him big bucks, uh, and I think the Hawks kind of messed up by not uh, offering him that extension in the offseason last season. I think uh, they should have kept him. But if you can get, yeah, Sadiq Bey in return, uh, and who was the other? Oh, Dem- Dembuya was the other choice. I would probably take Sadiq Bey. And was throwing in a pick, which could yeah, be I mean, a very get a, high pick yeah, in a very a pick low as draft, well which as is... one of those players. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think the Hawks would probably do that if, if they just don't feel that they can uh, meet what John Collins' team wants. I don't think he's a max player, but he's not far off. He's not far mm. off. He's a young guy. He's athletic. You know, he's a he's a good player. He's got to work on his game a little bit, of course, like all young players do. But uh, there's some potential there with John Collins. I, I, I He's a modern sort of big man as well. He can hit that three. You know, he runs the floor. Uh, his defense is, is okay. It needs to improve there. But, um, you know, he, there's going to be a lot of interest. There's going to be a pretty healthy market for John Collins if, if he was, uh, uh, you know, to hit restricted free agency. Okay, well, where are you going, Lee? What's your dream trade? Well, I'm going to just uh, tow a bo- a bo- tie a bow on the uh, Bradley Beal uh, trades that I've been trying to get out because you know they've been they've been look they've been playing better down there in Washington, but it's all lipstick on a pig. I mean, they're not going anywhere near uh, contending in the Eastern Conference, so you may as well cash in while you can now. And I think the team that has just snuck in there to the uh, top four in the East, the Miami Heat really could actually improve by giving up a couple of their younger pieces like a Kendrick Nunn and a Duncan Robinson, uh, maybe even a Precious Achua just to get that deal done, to try to get Bradley Beal there. You've got a couple of draft picks as well. Now, um, I'm saying, you know, you're going to have to have a third team because of the salary that Bradley Beal makes. He gets about $28 million this year, and those other guys just don't earn anywhere near enough. But if you're the Heat, you know, they are a good team. I think Beal makes them a legit contender down there uh, in the Eastern Conference. And I think if you can, you go after him right now. They, they were potentially in the mix for Victor Oladipo. Don't think that's going to happen. Of course, Giannis, they were hoping, would become an unrestricted free agent. That didn't happen. Bradley Beal, he's got another uh, a guaranteed year on that deal as well. I think you go and you try to make that move happen because it makes the Heat a better team. And out of Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, I'm keeping Tyler Hero. I think he's a better player. I was going to say, you didn't throw Tyler Hero's name in there. No, I wouldn't give up both of them. But definitely, you're going to have to give up at least one. And Mm -hmm. again, uh, Precious Achua, you know, the rookie, he's a a star, well, you know, potential star player. So you're giving an an incentive to those other teams to uh, to try to sign, uh, to try to get him. And you've got a couple of picks there to dangle. So I think there's something there in the works. It's just uh, how you would get that third team involved to make the salaries work. And to uh, see what they've, you know, see what they would be prepared to give up. But if you're the Wizards and you can get a couple of picks in return, a couple of first-round picks, of course they could fall. They could not. They might not be super high. I think there's something there. And I think just for Beal, he, he, I know he's been, he's being a good soldier by not saying anything. But why stay there, man? Get out. Go and go and compete for a championship. I'd love to see him on the Heat. Mm, okay, I think the Wizards are immediately going to say we're not doing anything unless you're throwing Tyler Hero in the mix. So if you're Pat Riley and the Heat organization, are you hanging up immediately? Or are you saying, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, no. We can, we can build something around Tyler Hero as our star player going back to you for a Bradley Beal with other pieces, of course. What do you well, think? Well, listen, if the Wizards are like, okay, we're prepared to do it, then yes. You, you, you go, okay, well, we'll do Tyler Hero. We'll keep Duncan Robinson then. You, you'd pr- try not to give up both of those guys because uh, they're, they're great shooters to have yeah. out there. So, But yes, if you, you wouldn't... You, you know who's uh, a better shooter? Bradley Beal. Yeah, exactly. You, no, you no, wouldn't no, not, not do the deal. <laughs> you would not do the deal if you're the, Wiz, if you're the Heat, if they, if they say we, you, we must have Tyler Hero. You wouldn't say, well, no, it's not happening. You, you would still do it. You would just dangle the Duncan Robinson uh, carrot first and hope they nibble on that. All right. What do you think, Tass? Bradley Beal, is he going anywhere? I mean, <laughs> he's not going anywhere, right? I know Lee keeps dreaming here, but he's there for the for at least through the deadline, I think. No? Yeah, nine days on the clock. Uh, well, the, 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 uh, the math, what am I thinking of here? The, the, the factors in, in, into this season are different than last season, right? There's just a lot more buyers than there are sellers uh, because the wizards could make the playoffs right i mean right. it's it's literally part of the equation this year i think that's a factor if it was a, another year the wizards wouldn't be able to sniff the postseason where they are right now in 13th but they got a legitimate shot of making 10th <laughs> and uh, that's uh, i mean it's it's wild to think that but they they definitely do so yeah i think that factors into the equation here and it's probably not going to happen in nine days because 
the fact that there aren't enough uh, enough teams willing to give up what they got, um, you know, probably just, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of hurts the trade value that Bradley Beal would get back for you in the next nine days. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, that dilution would go away in, in the offseason where Bradley Beal, I think, inevitably says bye-bye. You know, whether it's in the offseason or before next trade deadline, I think he's uh, he's going to go. The the Heat just don't have enough draft capital either, I think, to get a like, guy like Beal, right? Because we saw Harden, we saw Holiday. I mean, we're talking multiple pick swaps, uh, multiple picks, like like the whole future. You've just mortgaged your draft capital for players like that. Yeah. And the Heat would have to get creative, like you said, with like maybe another team in the mix. But uh, I can't imagine the Wizards that they did move on from Beal. Like we're not talking about like a one or two young players and then one pick. For a guy like Beal, it's insane. It has to be. Has to be at minimum like three, four picks or wizard swaps or stuff like that. Like yeah. you've got you've got to take the other team's complete future when it comes to their picks, hoping that they fall off or they have a down year and stuff like that, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I agree. I, I agree. But again, I think with those younger players, someone like an Achua, you're sort of throwing that guy in there as well. I mean, this wouldn't get done as it is. You need that third team just to make the money work. Mm-hmm. Um but again, if you're the Wizards and you you can get a couple of uh, at least first rounders to start with and two young players with talent, I get it. You know, th- there's something there to start with anyway. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, Beal, yeah, that, like these these the recent sort of you know they had a few wins there and it was like because you, you know talk about making the playing tournament. God, is that is that the best? Is that the ceiling for the Wizards? Let's make the playing tournament. Right. I mean, right. You know, you may as well just blow it up and start all over again. It's, there's, there's no point. And, and Beal, you know, like I say, I, I don't think anyone would be too angry if he said, yeah, yeah, I've been here for a while. This is not working. I want to go somewhere else now. Because the Wizards haven't really been able to build anything around he and John Wall. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. And, and Beal's been there nine seasons. And so it's like, all right, you've done your time. You can move on without people getting upset with you. You definitely want him out of Washington. We know <laughs> wanna... that much. That's fine. No, you're not yeah. alone. I'm not saying yeah. it. No, I, I get it. Because like, even if you're like, best case scenario for the Wizards next season, what is it? Exactly. Like what? It's like yeah. maybe, I mean, I can't even convince myself they'd win a playoff series, I don't think. Not not as they are constructed right now. I mean, you know, they made the Westbrook for Wall deal just to like, sure, let's do it. You know, who cares? But, you know, it doesn't really translate to anything. You know, they signed Bertans to five years and 80 million. Like, yeah, great. He can shoot, but that's it. That's all he does, you know. Achimura, okay, not a bad player, but there's just nothing there that makes you think this team in a couple of years if they get it together. No. Instead, it's just like they're on the treadmill of mediocrity, and uh, they need to they need to go in a new angle, new well, direction. Well, that's uh, that's my team or my player that I'm talking about. You talk about that uh, that treadmill there that you're just what are you guys doing? You're not good. You're not really that bad. The Orlando Magic. I'm looking at them. They got numerous possible trade candidates, right? <laughs> Evan Fournier, he could be trade expiring deal. Terrence Ross, obviously a six man or shooter there that you can see a lot of teams being interested. Vucevic, okay, you know, all star puts up monster numbers. I think it's less likely to happen. I think the Magic would still like to keep him as a building block. But then my guy, Aaron Gordon, okay, that core that I just said, they've been together since like. The 16-17 season when Ross came over, like midway through. What do they have to show for it? A couple first-round playoff exits. You know, they get in there sometimes, and then they're out right away. Okay, what are we doing at this point? Aaron Gordon, he's only 25 years old. (laughs) That's it. Feels like he's 35 to me, because we've been covering this league for a long time. But he's eager to welcome a a change of scenery. I think the Magic should be... very open to getting something in return back from him. So let's just make this happen. Now, we had reports yesterday, guys, that until Gordon had that little left ankle sprain, kept him out for a couple weeks, it looked like the Timberwolves and the Magic were nearing an agreement uh, on a package for Gordon, possibly Ricky Rubio and then future draft capital. So the Wolves could still be interested. The Rockets reportedly interested. The Mavericks, the Warriors maybe. And then my team that I'd like to see him try and get to is the Nuggets. James Herbert wrote for CBS Sports, I thought was perfect. The Nuggets are an interesting destination for Gordon because it's a, it's a fun thought experiment of what if we asked Aaron Gordon to be the league's best role player? And I love it because you're not going to be the star. You don't need to be a star on a team with Jokic or even Murray. So if we got him there to Denver, what would it take? I think there's a couple options. One, you could literally just do 
you can just say, okay, well, you got a guy that's sort of disappointing in Denver and Gary Harris, and we're the Magic. We got a guy that's disappointing a little bit in Aaron Gordon. They got similar contracts, similar years. Let's make some sort of swap. Maybe the Magic, or excuse me, the Nuggets have to, uh, you know, throw a pick or two in uh, to entice Orlando to make that deal. I think that could ha- get get it done. But the Magic might be even more interested in something led by Will Barton to make the money work, PJ Dozier as a young guy who's shown some flashes. And then, a Gord- and then some picks, probably future picks um, from, coming from Denver for Aaron Gordon. I like the idea of, of Aaron Gordon being a defensive-minded guy. He's good on defense. He really is. I know we just think about the dunks. Sometimes he catches fire from three. You see him have like a 25, 30-point night. You're like, oh, he can play defense. And I think the Nuggets could use a guy like that, especially after Jeremy Grant left in the offseason. What, what do you think about that, Lily? Getting Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. Or maybe there's another team you have in mind. Well, Aaron Gordon is is a great mystery because uh, he tends to start seasons off very hot from both ends of the floor, shooting the ball well and plays defense, and then a sort of he, he regresses to the mean. But he's athletic, he's fast, he can jump, he can hit that three, and I think he desperately needs a change of scenery himself. Yeah. I know he's injured, obviously, uh, right now. But, yeah, I, I do like that uh, for the Nuggets because I do think they do miss Jeremy Grant's defense and uh, just his sort of two-way play because he was exactly what you're describing there. He wasn't the star of the team. But he certainly filled in a lot of the, the gaps that they had. You know, he could hit that three, he could drive, and he could play defense. He was sort of their um, their, their box and one guy when they needed that last season. And I think they do uh, have a bit of a, a hole in that spot. So if you can get Aaron Gordon sort of rejuvenated to the right situation, I think he would be a steal uh, for any team who gets him because he, he shows us he's the big El Tizo. He shows us these great flashes of uh, brilliance, but then it just sort of seems like he's stuck in the mud a bit there when he does play in Orlando. So I like that. What was the deal? Sorry, what were the Nuggets? I mean, have to there's give either up? it's like a Gary Harris and, ca- and yeah. draft capital for him, or Barton Dozier, and then yeah, draft I think I think if you're him. the Magic, you probably want Will, Will Barton. Gary Harris sort of value so is, is dropped off a little bit there, and, and Dozier, yeah, he he's a little inconsistent, but I think there's some talent there, and if you yep. can throw a pick in as well. Then, uh, then I think I think the the magic could be enticed by that. I mean, it won't be a super high pick, of course. It depends on the year and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, the the problem uh, there with uh, Will Barton is he's good for them, and they need to make sure that Aaron Gordon would replace like his three point shooting, his offense, because he's he's a bit of a streaky guy. But they mm-hmm. uh, they need him as well, and he's been good for them this season when he's been playing. So I think some Nuggets fans might be worried. Task, maybe you would you would think about this. I don't know. Like, if you brought Aaron Gordon in, are you going to be like? taking minutes away from Michael Porter Jr.? Uh, you know, are you are you pushing him down the pecking order or whatever? Because they're sort of similar builds position-wise. They can sort of play 3, 4, or 5, it feels like, though they're still trying to find, uh, you know, the sweet spot for Michael Porter Jr. Is there any concern there if you got him to Denver or not? Sure. I think there's a concern right now with Michael Porter Jr. and, and Jokic uh, being a 4 or 5. Like, uh, you need good defensive players around Michael Porter Jr. That's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. And if you were to bring Aaron Gordon in, for sure, Michael Porter Jr. would be playing more small forward, I imagine, or, or Gordon would be playing small forward. I mean, the, Aaron Gordon's probably good enough defensively to uh, to make up for some of those deficiencies that Michael Porter Jr. has. But I don't know. If, I don't know if you mess with what Michael Porter Jr. is doing right now because he's finally found his flow here. Mm-hmm. It took him a long time. And uh, Aaron Gordon Jr., of course, Aaron Gordon Jr. <laughs> Aaron Gordon would make a heck of a lot a lot of sense on Denver. Uh, just in general, uh, yeah, he, he would fill the de- the Jeremy Grant uh, hole a lot better uh, than what they're trying to do right now. But I don't think uh, Orlando makes this deal. Uh, you know, the, Will Barton to come back as that the main piece in that one part. I mean, he's 30 years old. He's expiring, isn't he? Yeah, well, well yeah. Believe don't they want a player? Don't they want a player for Aaron Gordon? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I think they would, they would hope that they get something back. I mean, it, I guess it would depend on the picks. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Gordon. I just hope he doesn't go to Minnesota or somewhere where there isn't a lot of structure, like uh, like what's happening in Orlando. I think in Orlando right now, yeah, he he came into the league. He thought uh, you know he could be a superstar, and it, it hasn't worked out. So he's got to go to somewhere where it's got a, they've got a ton of structure, so he can you know fill in as a great defensive player and uh, and a support player. But that doesn't that's not going to happen in Minnesota. It doesn't feel like at this point. So even though he's a great talent. Uh, yeah, Denver, Denver sure makes sense. Uh, but Michael Porter Jr., I don't know, man. You don't mess with that right now because he's just – he's balling right now. 
I don't care where Aaron Gordon ends up. I just <laughs> want to see him off the Orlando Magic. I, ju- I really, I'm done with it. I think everybody's done with it. And uh, let's just get him to another team already. And I think it will happen. I was happy to see those reports. You know, like the Wolves were uh, pretty close by sounds. I guess there was a Brooklyn Nets report too, right? That they were trying to offer, which now you look at if you're the Magic and go, well, maybe a, a, a Dinwiddie, right? Or a Lavert basically going back uh, to make that happen. You're like, ooh, uh, you would like that probably now. Of those you know, injuries coming in to play for both those guys. But anyway, we'll see. We'll be having some fun with the uh, trade deadline deals over the next little bit. If you got a good one, send it in. No dunks at theathletic.com or leave it in the YouTube comments. All right, Lee, talk to me about glasses, man. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Too bad that sexy librarian can't read with those glasses. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. What do you got, T? Well, scouring the internets for a tweet, I found this beauty from Rustin Todd of The Athletic. He was doing some research on the inspiration for Ted Lasso, you know, the great Apple TV Plus show. The inspiration was Sue Dacus's high school basketball coach, Donnie Campbell, uh, who would start every practice with a quote like, you can't hoot with the owls at night and fly with the eagles in the morning. You know, that sounds like something Ted Lasso would say. Sure. And, and, and uh, Rustin Todd of The Athletic also found this article in the KC Star about Sue Dacus, the basketball player. There's a good quote in it. Quote, Sudeikis is very unselfish, but he's not a true point guard. He also plays weight. Oh, wow. Sudeikis, not the best of athletes, according to this article in the (laughs) KC Star. Uh, But he understood the game. And like our own Trey Kirby, he loved to throw a behind-the-back pass. He loved the flash of the game. So it's always funny reading about uh, somebody else being an athlete, about about uh, anybody in the spotlight being an athlete. So it it was a great little little piece of that article which is an awesome article the ted lasso inspiration article on the athletic which you can get a subscription to for one dollar right now if you go to the athletic.com slash no dunks now the link isn't really working on the athletic.com slash no dunks but we're working on that Mm. tell them we sent you and you'll get it for a dollar a month how about that so that's that's a great article from rustin todd thanks for the the tweet he's uh providing some behind-the-seeds info. Jason Sudeikis, he could ball in high school, but not a true point guard. You know, I looked for his a little bit. Also played the wing. I mean, he was before his time. He, I guess he was before his time. Did he play in a celebrity game? I can't remember mm. him hoping. Sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. But he's always, I just think that because he's always around games, right? He's always sitting, like, courtside mm. for, like, That's yeah. what, it sounds what like. I remember, Knicks. Knicks games. Yeah. 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 I, I can't picture him in it. But, Lee, could you yes, beat Jason did. Sudeikis? Did he? Okay, he there we did. go. He played okay. in, uh, what year was that? 2011 he played. Oh, on. He wow. Was... Way back. Yeah. I think he played uh, in 2016 in Toronto. There oh. we go. All yeah. right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I'm not up to date on my uh, celebrity rosters. Yeah, you know when I, I just check the list, my name's not there, and I move on. I don't yeah. care. I don't read any of the names. Come on, oh come on, man! You keep that 2016 roster above your bed. What the <laughs> heck? I, I wasn't uh, in like that game. Board. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was that, that that roster in 2016 was USA versus Canada too, not the uh, you know how it's usually just like um, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, so that's that, the so. Uh, that's the infamous. Um, 
Uh, what the heck's his name from Arcade Fire? I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Will ba- Win Butler. Will Barton. <laughs> yeah, Win, ba- Win Butler, right? Yeah. It, it got all political after yeah, the game, right? Yeah, was that yeah, what's yeah, going that's on? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Who, who asked him that question? Sage. Sage, Sage really? Yeah. Nice memory, yeah. man. Wow. Well, I just remember Sage was like, we don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Wow, we don't want to talk about healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> Cut his mic. Yeah. <laughs> He's talking about free healthcare. Uh, Win Butler, he can ball. So, Sinekis, could you beat him, Lee? What do you think? I, I have no idea. I've never seen him play, so I'm not sure what his game is like. But, uh, but you know, sure, I'd like to take him on in a game. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? Go out there and shoot it. It'd just be like a, a three-point shootout, really, these days, you know? there's no. I'm not driving in the lane anymore. I've retired from the paint. Right. I'm just shooting floaters. He must be around your age, I would think. Maybe a little, little bit younger than you, Lily. Maybe. Well, let's see. Let's see what this says in Wikipedia. Oh, he's a lefty. He's forty-five. He's actually older than me. Oh wow! So, uh, <laughs> Looking like James Harden in that uniform. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's make it happen. There. Uh, uh, his uncle is George Went. That's um, Norm. That's Norm. Uh, Norm. Yeah. 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 I didn't know All that. right. Hey, listen. If anyone knows Jason Sudeikis, then if he wants to have a little one-on-one, raise some money for charity. Let's make it happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Challenge has been set. Excellent. Okay, let's get to picking results. Brought to you by BetMGM from last night. Lakers-Warriors was the game. A few of us had the Warriors to cover, and that didn't work out well for Lee or Tass, thinking the Warriors might keep it close or even pull out the victory. No, Lakers steamrolled them, like I said, by 31, so I got the victory. And so did Trey by way of JD. (laughs) JD, jump on here, my man. You're hot. TK must be loving it. Um, I, I assume I haven't heard from him. Yeah, I'm not even sure he knows you picked for him yet. We, yeah, he's truly on vacation. Good for him. Uh, so, Good well, you helped Trey get to five and three. Tass is six and two, so he still got a great record despite the loss. Uh, Lee, you're now in last place at three and five because I'm four and four. Uh, what is tonight's game, Tass? And yeah, JD, I mean you're automatically picking for Trey here for the rest of the yeah, week. Yeah, but so what's the game, Tass? Of course you are. Here, I'll I'll, I'll tee you up here, JD. This line brought to you by BetMGM, and it's the Jazz. Favored by four and a half points going into Boston. Seems like a big spread, but this is the Jazz. They are the best team in the NBA, technically, but they've lost three of four, four of six. The Celtics have won five of six, but Mm. have they been convincing enough in their wins for you to take them today, J.D.? Plus four and a half. You're getting those points. What do you think, J.D.'s Mm. last tray? Well, on behalf of Trey, I'm going to... I'm not going to bet against the best team in the league, so give me the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, I think he, I think Trey might be going back to work tonight after uh, mm. a French dip from Rudy Gobert. Oh, wow. I'm going to predict that. <laughs> Lily, I think you're going to see a very solid play from Mike Conley. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I think... And, we're getting a wedgie in this game. Oh, oh that, that's yeah. the trifecta right there. Oh, that's that's a real gambler. You get one win, and now you think <laughs> yeah, you can predict crazy, everything. Crazy. Yeah. I'm betting this house. This house yeah. is up for grabs. <laughs> Sweet. Well, look, you you sound convincing. I'm rolling with I'm rolling with JD here. This guy, uh, he's on fire. He's he's uh, undefeated here in pickup. I'll go with Utah too. Minus four and a half. Tass, what do you think? I'm taking Utah too. Wow. I'm rolling with it. Lee, you gotta Why swerve. Not? You gotta go for the Beantown boys, right? Yeah, I'll swerve on the Beantowners. Uh, yeah, it's a close line. I mean, the Jazz, you know, they, they're in a bit of a, a, a rough patch considering, yeah. considering where they were. But uh, all right, I think the Celtics can cover that. So I'll take Boston. Yeah, you get some points there. Okay, Lee yeah. taking Boston plus four and a half. Everybody else has the Jazz to win by five or more. All right, thanks for joining us, guys. Email us your NBA questions and comments for tomorrow's Beach Stepping Podcast. We'll do that in the afternoon. Like, comment, and subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. And Tass said, we, we think it's a dollar a month right now for new subscribers <laughs> to The Athletic because you got March Madness. You got the NBA playoffs right around the corner. Well, you got deadline right around the corner. So go to theathletic.com slash no dunks and uh, sign up right now for an incredible offer if you haven't already. And if you use that link, theathletic.com slash no dunks, they know that we sent you helps us out as well so uh really appreciate that i know some of you have already done it and uh, i'm sure you're not angry with an athletic subscription man it's it's fantastic fantastic stuff okay we'll be back tomorrow with three shows what you need to know the daily show and beach stepping clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome 
don't really have much of a quote here, but I'm in the uh, the athletic Slack channel, trying trying to work it so everybody gets that dollar subscription rate out there. Okay, good. It's gonna happen. Theathletic.com/slash/no-dunks. Tell them we sent you. You might get it for a dollar. Hopefully, <laughs> that's the plan. Embrace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.